how it sets my soul, how it makes me whole, takes me to a high place, where there's amazing grace, takes me to a high place, where I can see his face. Now it's a sweet, sweet, sweet presence of Jesus. How it soothes my soul, how it makes me whole. Yeah, it's a sweet, sweet, sweet presence of Jesus. How it sets me free, gives me liberty. to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I know I came ready to receive from the Lord. I'm at the table right now ready to receive what the Lord has 
has for me tonight and for us. So we're so glad you're here and we want to welcome you here tonight. Over the next few moments, we want you to get out of your seats and welcome one another into God's house tonight. God bless you. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. Yeah. 
every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that my Jesus you glad that you know the peace speaker by name tonight such a beautiful atmosphere in here when we were singing that song I say yes Lord I know it's a song about us saying yes to him but I just couldn't get out of my mind all those times that he said yes to me no matter what 
happened in my life, no matter what I was going through, no matter what situation I was facing, he continually said yes to me and continually brought me through it. And I know that there's testimonies in here from side to side, back to front, of people that would raise their hand and testify to the fact that Jesus has showed up for you over and over. And I know that there's people here tonight that need him. So as our ushers come this morning, we're going to give back to him and continue with our worship tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being there for us in all those times, Lord, that we didn't know what we was going to do. Lord, we thank you because you showed up in a mighty way and you've delivered us, Lord, and you have always been there for us. Lord, we say yes to you tonight. Lord, we've come to give you what belongs to you, and that's our worship. Lord, we say yes. We say yes to your presence, Lord. Yes to following you, Lord. Yes to being examples of your son in these difficult days. And tonight, Lord, we wish to give to your ministry. Lord, we ask that this offering would meet the needs of this church and the ministries that's supported by this church and the missionaries, Father. As it should bless them and it should bless the giver. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. As the ushers are moving um, to um, pass the offering plate, and as you give to the Lord this evening, you know what? Every day we go to the well of grace, don't we? We go to the well of grace so that he can bless us, and it's our turn to bless him and bless his work. That's the first song we're going to sing this evening as we bring to the worship service. The second number that we're going to do is a challenge, and I want you to really listen and watch the words as they are on the screen. The second anthem that we'll sing is called, We Believe, and it lists every aspect of your Christian faith. It is what we believe. Right now, worship the Lord with well of grace. Yeah. 
Hello, here we go. I'll use this. Before we get to this next song, I talked with Sister uh, Jane about the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I've had a day. Talked to Sister Jane the other day at a luncheon I was at, and we were talking about this song that she's getting ready to sing, and I had been thinking about it. I was sharing with her that one of the things that, that we're going to be looking at in our church on a, on a few Sunday mornings coming up is what we believe in. You know, a lot of people want to spend a lot of time talking to you about what they're against. People spend a lot of hours, a lot of money, a lot of energy talking a whole lot about what they're against. I'm so thankful for a song like this and for a truth like this. The Word of God is not filled with a bunch of things that it doesn't believe in. It's filled with a lot of truth that tells you you can stand on this, you can have this as a doctrine and a faith. I'm telling you, it's important that we know what we believe. It's important that we know what we believe. I believe, you know, I don't want to be on television, on the news every night because I'm making a big ruckus about what all I don't believe in. It's time for some folks to stand up and say, I'm for America. I'm for the Bible. I'm for truth. I'm for holy living and righteousness. I'm for living a life free from addictions, free from bondage, free from the things in this life that keep me from not being a free agent in God. I believe he's called us to be more than conquerors, more than victorious, and we are champions in Christ. Do you believe that? I believe it with all my heart. And I am so thankful that he didn't give us a bunch of things that we're supposed to be against, but God has given, he said, if I am for you, who can be against you? You and I need to be thankful for what we have as a heritage of faith. Amen? Amen. I believe, and I want to hear about what you believe.
If you believe, I want you to stand to your feet tonight. We believe. Why don't you lift up your hands to God and tell Him you believe. You believe He is able. You believe He's God of the universe and His kingdom rules. Don't matter who we vote in in December or November. It don't matter whether it's the Republicans or the Democrats. What matters is do we believe that God is God over all the earth and world. That we believe tonight then we have confidence and our assurance is not in this land 
It's not in this rule. It's not in this earth. But we believe in a God who takes care of us. How many of you know? He says, I, don't, I won't let the hungry beg. I won't let any need go unmet. God will take care of us. But you know, half our problem is that we don't spend enough time believing him. He said, if you'll just believe. Oh, you didn't hear me. He said, if you'll just believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things. Boy, we could sure test that, couldn't we? And I believe, I believe God sits back and he, he's doing this all the time. Looking for somebody, somebody who will just believe him. Charlie, somebody who will say, here's my impossible situation, God. Give it to him and watch him turn it into something miraculous and wonderful. You've got a testimony like that. How many of you have got a testimony of God's miraculous power? He showed up just in time and he's there for you. It's so good. I feel the spirit of the Lord here tonight. I tell you, I, I ain't going to recommend it to you, but I'd recommend that you go away for a service or two. I couldn't hardly wait to get here tonight. I, I love to go speak out. I love, man, it was good. It was wonderful. Those people blessed me. Six people got saved this morning at the church where we were. It was wonderful. Power of God was there. No complaint. Only one small little problem. I had this hole in my gut, and I kept watching the Instagrams to see the photos of Richard preaching. I don't know what that box was about, but responsibility. All right, amen. See, Richard, they don't ever tell me what I preached. You did good, brother. I had, I just, I missed being home. I love my church. I, I, you can get up and sing Yankee Doodle, and I'll love it because it's home. And Christian said it. I turned around, looked at him, and I said, I don't know what it was. I said, it was good to be there, but I missed my home, and I couldn't wait to get here tonight. And he's, well, I, I didn't say home. I said, I miss my church. I said, I miss being here tonight. I miss, I love the fact that, Josh, as soon as we started, I felt the Holy Ghost all over me. When we started to pray for folks, I felt the Spirit of the Lord working on their behalf. I felt the power of God, and I missed my church. And he said, that's because it's home. And I looked at him and I said, that's right, that's it, that's the answer. I tried to steal it, but I'm going to give him credit. We're home tonight. How many of you are home? And you thank God for your home, church. Amen. Praise God. Ladies, did you have an encounter this weekend? From the testimonies, I heard there, how many were saved? Three saved. Three were refi refillings. How many were filled with the Holy Ghost? You had three. Well, three was the number. Father, Son, Holy Ghost at work. <laughs> Wonderful. You ladies, you had, you had a good time, I'm assuming. Say amen. Amen. We're going to have a, a, a service coming up in, in next month where we're going to allow the, the men's and women's counter groups to come together and celebrate what, what has happened. And I'm so thankful that we're back up and running. I love the encounter ministry. And I'm so thankful that y'all have spent the weekend out there, got away and got alone with God. And how many of you came back changed and God did something miraculous in you? Amen. Amen. I want you to turn and open your Bibles, if you will, to John chapter 20. 
verse 19. I trust you looked in the bulletin and you saw the announcement for the state of the church that we're going to be having on Sunday. Is it May 3rd, Janelle? May 3rd in the Sunday evening service. We're going to turn that service into a little fellowship and we're going to turn it into a state of the church. And we've got a lot of great news to tell you. We've been a, a long time getting to this place where we are right now and we are there. We are there. God has helped us and I've sought his face and I've asked him, God, about the time limit and the timeline on everything. And one of the things that was so wonderful, I was like saying, Lord, but you know, it's been a while and we, we haven't, you know, we haven't realized our dream that we started a couple of years ago, Lord. Things transpired and things changed and, and the Lord so, so beautifully and so calmly spoke to my heart and he said, well, I'm not surprised. It was right on schedule. He said, you just follow what I'm doing. And he said, and the church will be blessed because it's not about you and it's not about them. It's not about the church of God. He said, it's about me and what I'm doing. He said, right on schedule. And when I felt him in the spirit, I felt that come over me so strong. I was a new man. I was a new man. I was calm as I could be. God is going to do great things for us this year. Amazing that he brought it all together in the 100-year celebration. We're getting ready for that. It's going to be a wonderful fall. Be, be planning now, October 18th and 19th, that weekend. Don't you plan nothing. If you plan a party, I'm going to come out to your house. No party. No, don't go to the, the, the football game. Don't, you're going to come here and be a part of a 100-year-old birthday party. So excited about what's coming. So come May 3rd on Sunday night. Be here the church. We, we want to give you two weeks notice so that you, you can prepare to be here. We're going to talk about the plans. We're going to talk about what's transpired, where we are with, with construction and building and project. And we're also going to give you our, our financial statement that evening. So we're going to be talking about it all. We're just going to open up the book and let you see inside. And, and we want you to know where your church is and what you can have confidence in and trust in. So come and be with us on that night chose to speak and had the Lord give me this message called running on empty running on empty in this Christian experience in this Christian life we are so careful and I don't know about you I, I don't live on cloud nine do you I, I want to when I first got saved I actually was under the disillusion that everything was going to be tulips and flowers were going to bloom fresh every morning. I was going to have money deposited in the bank every Friday. It was going to be amazing. And I was just always going to have every need met all the time and never have a struggle, never have a trial, never have a temptation. Sin, get thee behind me. It was all going to be beautiful and perfect. But I found that in this Christian experience, victory is always mine. And I'm assured, a confident walk that God is always with me. But I found struggles all along my way. How many found that to be true? There are times my faith actually wears down. And I got to go back to the well we sang about. And I got to get me a fresh drink. So tonight, if you're struggling, and, you know, I was very transparent with the church last Sunday evening. And, and I love you so much. 
we are, we're a family. And you touched me. My circumstances didn't necessarily change overnight. But what did change was the way I felt about it. Because so many of you encouraged me. Came by and spoke to me and dropped me a little card in the mail. And, and, and you even came by the office or you stopped me in the altar. You, you did so many things to just change how I felt about it. I appreciate that. I love that about our church family. When we're down, it's wonderful that we've got others who'll lift us up. People that'll be right there that, that are compassionate. I want to preach about running on empty. When we get to that spot, what do we do? How do we get free from that? John chapter 20 and verse 19. Then the same day at evening, and this is, if you read that chapter and the chapter before, it's talking about the day Jesus was resurrected. The morning when Mary went to the tomb. She found the angel sitting there at the foot and the head. And she came outside and there she looked at what she perceived was a gardener in her thoughts and minds, not recognizing who the Lord was. And she said, sir, where have you taken my Lord? Where have you taken him? And he said, Mary. Immediately, she knew and she said, teacher, Lord. And he said, go and tell my brothers. So this is the same day. The same day at evening, the day that he showed himself to Mary, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut and locked, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst, just appeared miraculously, and said to them, peace be with you. Beautiful words. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. The King James Version talks, and some other versions talk about the joy. Joy, they were filled with joy. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, also I send you. Talking of restoration and grace and forgiveness. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I'll believe it when I see it. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside. Thomas was with them. And Jesus came, the doors being shut and he stood in the midst and said peace to you then he said to Thomas Thomas reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it in my side do not be unbelieving but believing Thomas answered and said to him my Lord and my God and Jesus said to him Thomas because you have seen me you have believed. Blessed are those 
who have not seen and yet have believed. That's me. That's me. I feel him tonight. Truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Amen? Amen. Father, speak to us. Starting from this pulpit all the way to the pew, speak to us by your Holy Spirit challenge us on this Sunday night I pray in the name of Jesus Amen you can be seated and before I forget about it I want to apologize to the sound booth Doug I want to apologize for earlier I jumped up here and you didn't even know I was coming and I, I you know I grabbed this and I thought I, when I sat down I thought well that was a little arrogant so I'm sorry about that I love you very much I appreciate what y'all do back there and everybody else does too We'll take a survey. How many of you have ever driven your car when the gas hand was on empty? How many have ever done that? Ever? Okay, excellent. How many of you never let your gas tank get down past the halfway mark? Is there anybody like that here? You don't ever let it get to the halfway mark. Never. Anybody else over here? Anybody? Oh, so, several of you. Yeah, I don't. How many of you let it go all the way down to, you barely let it get past three quarters full? I mean, you, leave, you practically leave the thing on full. Who does that? Anybody? Well, there's one. There's one. How, about any, how many of you get down to about a quarter tank? And then you're like, uh-oh, I better get some gas. Yeah, yeah. How many like to see how far you can go on when the light comes on? <laughs> now, here's the tell-all. Are you ready? Survey says, how many of you have ever run out of gas? I ran out of gas and punished myself. I walked 10 miles. Just because I was so upset with myself, I walked 10 miles all the way home. Went, didn't stop anywhere to ask for help. I just punished myself. At one time or another, we've all run on empty. We've all run on empty. Now, it may be, maybe you're not that way with a car, but maybe you're that way you've run out of gas in your, in your stomach, and you've went hungry, or you've went without sleep, or you've went through stressful situations. We know that at times, some of us are like this, and too many times, we allow ourselves to do this in life, and we, we, we don't really think about it. We just do it, and that habit kind of feeds over into our spiritual life. There's nothing uh, more inconvenient spiritually than to be running on empty, especially when it comes to the daily problems and the things that we face. We have to always be watching, care, being careful that we don't allow ourselves to get too weak in our faith. It's important that we stay strong. It's important that we, now we all do this at one time or another. Maybe you're, you're one of those perfect people. If you are, sit back, have a good time. We'll be done in a little while. But for the rest of us, I want to talk about what we do when we get to that place where we get stressed out, we get overwhelmed, we get kind of burdened and buried by our schedules, by our time, by being 
empty spiritually. People snap at other people and they blame it on, well, I haven't had time to do my devotions or I've not been in the word like I should or I've not prayed like I should. I've not been before the Lord like I ought to be. And we, we almost, almost use that sometimes as an excuse. Almost as if it's okay. But it's not. Give us this day our daily bread. How many of you know we need daily bread? We need daily bread. It's more important than you following your diet. It's more important than you having nourishment in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. More important than you taking care of yourself hygienically. More important than the shower in the morning, combing the hair or getting the hair cut. I went to Abby yesterday. She's been cutting my hair for about 12 years. And I, I walked in and she looked at me. She said, whoa, pastor, get a little shabby today. I said, yeah, man, I waited too long. She goes, yeah, for long, I wouldn't know it was you. We have to keep up on things, and we worry about those type of things, you know. And, and I, I went in, took care of that, and, and I, we take care of other things. We take care of bills. If you don't take care of them, you know, for long, they're stacking up, and you got trouble. we got to always stay on top of those type of things. But one of the most dangerous things that we allow in our lives, we allow ourselves to run on empty spiritually. We've got to be aware and alert, sober, the Bible says, because your enemy, the adversary, the devil himself, like a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. I promise you, he's going to take away your joy. He's going to take away your peace. He's going to take away your calm. He's going to take it all away. And the only answer you've got is to stay before the Lord, getting that daily bread. I've seen many people who struggle and get weary and get tired and get frustrated, get exhausted. Even in their faith, they get exhausted. They'll come to me at times and they'll say, I can't even pray, Pastor. And I understand. We, we've all been to those places. I, I've been to hospitals where people have stayed up around the clock for hours and hours. and They've just not had that chance to, to get alone. And they've, they've been worried and they've been anxious. And, and one lady looked at me and she said, Pastor, I've been worried sick. I've been up for days. And I, I can't even pray a prayer. And I understand. We can get to those places. But we've got to realize that in our own life tonight, while we're here together, we've got to make a decision about what we do in preparation for the future. We can't allow ourselves to get in an empty place. When you get in an empty place, you start speaking from the flesh. You start speaking from your own attitude and from your own thoughts and from your own mind. Next thing you know, you're in trouble. And it's no excuse because we're called. We're called to be a light. We're called to be salt. We're called to be a flavor in this world that doesn't look like the world or act like the world or talk like the world. So when we start talking, acting, and looking like them, we're not looking like Christ. So many people have told me before, well, that's just the way I am. And you've heard me preach on that before. And I appreciate your honesty. But I'd appreciate it if you'd read a little bit more of the Word because you're supposed to be like Christ. Not like you. We're to die to flesh. We're to be crucified with Christ. Paul said, for it is not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the one who gave his life for me. Galatians 2 and 20, my favorite scripture. 
Because that scripture keeps me in line and helps me to remember I don't have any power in myself. I can't do this. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 7 says, you did run well. You did run well. Who does hinder you from obeying the truth? The scripture says, this persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Just a little bit of attitude, just a little bit of problem, just a little bit of of allowing yourself to run on empty. And the whole lump is messed up. We've got to stay on fire. We've got to stay in that place of constant nourishment for our spirit. I used to love the teaching we had in our church about the dog, the good dog and the bad dog. As long as you're feeding the bad dog, the good dog dies. When you feed the good dog, the bad dog dies, but you'd never have both at the same time. This is the truth. Your spirit man is either being fed and being made strong or he is dying because you're feeding the flesh. When you feed the flesh, the spirit man withers. When you feed the, f- the flesh, he dies, the spirit man. But when you start to feed the spirit man, when you start nourishing the spirit man, you're feeding him the spirit, words of God, the power of God, the presence of God. When you begin to flood that spirit man, you cannot help it. it you don't, don't ever say that, oh, I can't get a prayer past the ceiling. Don't ever say that because if you call on the name of Jesus their strength that begins to come up inside your spirit don't listen to the devil who's a liar every time you call on the name of the Lord every time you begin to hum a hymn every time you begin to sing a worship song or you begin to talk to him and call out his name I'm telling you the heavens begin to shake rattle and roll and the heavens begin to understand there's a child of God I remember an old old preacher line that used to say the devil trembles and fears the weakest Christian when he gets down on his knees. When you and I feed that spirit man, the fleshly man dies. It's a principle. It's a law. It's a law of the spirit. So we've got to understand and we've got to know. Oh, I wish sometimes we could go back to that first love. Oh, we talk about new Christians and sometimes we're so, we're so, oh, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll settle down. Oh, God help us that they ever settled down. Here's to settle down Christians. That wasn't even appropriate. That wasn't appropriate. Don't settle down. He's getting ready to come. He's getting ready to tell Gabriel to step out on a cloud and let that trumpet roar. He's about ready to step out on a cloud and call his church to him. He's about ready to say no to the Democrats and no more to the Republicans. He's about ready to say to the whole world, you've had it your way long enough. It's now my turn. And I'm going to show you how to run this world. 
God's going to be, he, he's now ready to do this. The time is coming down to an end. I don't know how many seconds and hours we got, but get over the things of this life. Quit worrying and being anxious about these things and allowing the frustrations of this world to hold you down and hold you back and cause you to be weak. It's time to start calling out the name of the Savior, the one and only Jesus, calling him out in strength and grace and receiving that wonderful nourishment that comes from heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give me this day. Lord, don't let me go a day without it. Don't let me go a day, three days, four days a week without it. Don't let me get to the end of my week and I've worked so hard and I've run so hard that I forgot to get alone somewhere in your presence. Oh, I'm telling you, you begin to stink like the world, talk like it and look like it when you're not spending time in your prayer closet. Surely you have one. Surely you're spending time with the Lord. Oh, don't get cold and indifferent. Not now. Get back to your first love. It was Jesus looking at the church who said, man, I have, you've done everything else right. Your church attendance is well. Man, you pay your tithes. You do well. You, you serve. You teach. You, 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 you do all these things. You do your jobs and you serve all over the place. You do all these things so well. But I have one thing against you. You've left your first love. Oh, God grieves. We used to sing an old gospel song years ago. It said, I miss my time with you. Those moments together. And it was Jesus singing to his children. I miss my time with you. I've shared it many times before, but I'll, I'll never forget in all my life one of those momentous moments when I was getting up very early, very early to pray with the Lord, and I had made it a religious thing. Man, I, I, I was committed and dedicated to getting up. Four o'clock, four o'clock was my time. I was going to get up, and I did it. I did it all the time. And I remember one, one morning early, the alarm went off, and, and I, I, I shook myself a little bit, looked over, turned the thing off, and I, had, I heard the the presence, the voice of the Lord in my spirit. I heard him as he said, I've been waiting on you. You know, that touched me. I jumped, Jennifer, out of my bed. I jumped. I jumped to attention. And I got on my knees and I said, I'm here. I miss my time with you. Those moments together. So many beautiful times you've had in your life with God where you've had those beautiful expressions of intimacy with Him and love with Him. God has always been faithful. He's always been there. Have I always gotten up when I said I was going to? No, sadly I've not. I'll just admit it. Josh, I'll admit it. I haven't always done that. But oh, I've what I've found to be true that whenever I do, Whenever I get up, whenever I set those early hours, I'm telling you, he's not one time not been there for me. He's faithful. He's faithful as the morning sun. He's faithful as the moon at night. He's God in control, and he's always, always there, and he's always ready to restore, ready to love, ready to receive. That's what I love about our God. He's here tonight in this place. You're wore out. You're tired. You're exhausted. It's not a sin to be in that place. It's just you got to wake yourself and not let it get to sin because it'll lead to sin it'll sure lead there but you've got to let God have his way in your life and like this situation you know here the the disciples had had a bad week and they were they were they were they had been all through the trial and through the death and and they they're 
their hopes and expectations had been bashed. And here they were devastated, depressed, and discouraged. And they didn't know what else to do. They knew they were next. So the, the Bible says that they were afraid for the Jewish authorities. So what they do, they ran home. They collectively got together in one house, as many of them as could, and they shut the door, the Bible says. They shut the door. When you look at that and you study that in commentaries, it says they shut the door and locked it for fear of the Jewish authorities. But Jesus, Jesus had already left the tomb. And here they were. He had already left the tomb. He had already conquered death, hell, and the grave. He had already got the keys. And he was shaking them around. As a matter of fact, everywhere he was going, bud, they said the graves were popping open everywhere. He'd just walk past things. Flowers that were dead would begin to just come to life. I, that's my own interpretation. I just believe it. I believe trees that maybe had been dead for a little while. When Jesus come by, walking that morning early, I believe with all my heart, they just started shaking. and started men getting a little warm and the next thing you know they're sprouting I don't know how it all looked I can't wait to watch that DVD but I'm telling you I know beyond any doubt any shadow of a doubt everywhere he walked everywhere he went life was just springing up and here he was he was on his way to their house he knew right where they were hiding right where they were hurting they were running on empty they were exhausted they, they didn't know what else to do with themselves they I didn't even know that the greatest event in all of history had just taken place. I mean, I'm talking the number one most important event in all of history. Think about it. If you're a teacher, sit back and learn something. The greatest event that ever took place in the universe was that early morning when Jesus come up out of that tomb and the stone was rolled away. I mean, from that moment right there, I mean, think about it. History split right down the middle. It was there. It was now B.C. and A.D. I mean, from that moment forward, all of history has paid attention to that one event. It had to be the most important morning ever on the face of that earth. And these guys were hiding, wringing their hands in the house. They didn't realize that in just a few moments, everything was going to change. And let me tell you something. That same Lord, that same Lord that was walking to their house, bringing life everywhere he stepped, that same Lord is walking up and down the aisles of this church tonight. And I'm believing if you came in here and you're weary and you're exhausted and you've gone through a rough season and a rough time, I'm here to tell you tonight he's the God of renewal. He's the God of revival. He's the God of resurrection. He's the God of resurrection. You don't have to stay in that hole. You don't have to stay down in that pit. You don't have to stay down in that weakness and that beggarly element. You don't have to just accept whatever comes. I'm telling you, there's enough faith in this house tonight that if you'll grab hold of it, new life will spring up inside you and you'll walk out of here with a step like you haven't had in a while. You know, it's yours because we know whom we believe in. He's the God, the God of our chains, the God of renewal. And he is the God who takes the empty and he fills it right back up. He fills up each one of us. Look at what he did. He did something he's going to do for you tonight. What I love about it is here, here he could you know, he could have looked at so many things. He, he could have been upset, Brian. He could have been a little, you know, he could have ignored them. He could have held a grudge. I mean, they abandoned him. 
They walked away from him. They ran. They scattered. Here he is at the trial. They're gone. He's beaten. He's marred beyond recognition. And he's taken to the cross. And he's hanging on the cross. And the only one he sees is John hanging on to his mother. But he ran too. He could have come down off that cross. And he could have come up out of that tomb and said, hmm. Well, I'll just do this on my own. But aren't you glad tonight that he don't look at you like your neighbor looks at you sometimes? Aren't you glad that he don't look at you like your family does sometimes? Aren't you glad he don't look at you like a human looks at you? I'm glad tonight his love is unconditional. His love is amazing grace. His love is reconciliation and restoration. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He restores my soul. And oh, he had only one goal in his mind. He said, you tell my brothers, you tell them I'm coming. He understood. He knew exactly where they was and what they was going through. Quit letting the devil beat you up. Quit letting him bury you with guilt. Quit letting him put you in bondage and put you in all kinds of heavy chains. Don't let it happen. You don't have to go to encounter to get free. Jesus already did that. You need the encounter sometimes to remind you that he already has set you free. He's already cut the chains. He's already purchased your eternal life and salvation. And so when we understand he's already done that work, then we don't have to allow the devil to beat us down anymore. If you're weary tonight, if you're troubled tonight, if you feel like you can't go another step, you have had all you can take, let me tell you something. Let me tell you what he did. Jesus went to them. You came to church tonight, but understand something. There was an entourage of heaven and the Holy Spirit filled with angels all over the place came tonight looking for you. You didn't come to a building where they were going to sing you happy or preach you happy. You came to a building where the author and the finisher of your faith was going to meet you right here in this altar. It's going to touch your life and turn it around and change everything. It said in that verse 19, Then the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, that Jesus came and stood in the midst of them. When you can't get to him, he comes looking for you. Write that down in your Bible. Put it over there and circle it somewhere. When you can't find your way to him, I thank my God he comes looking for me. He comes looking for me. You won't, you won't suffer defeat. Because of, the, because of the Lord. You won't suffer defeat because, the, because God didn't do his part. He will be faithful to a thousand generations. He will always be faithful to his people. They were afraid. They were hiding in the rooms. The doors were locked. The doors were shut up. That means they were locked. But the problem with sometimes what happens when we lock the door is, yes, we keep people out and sometimes we want to keep the world out we want to keep everybody out and we lock that door the only problem you got with that ladies and gentlemen is that when you lock the door to keep others out you got to remember it's also locking you in it's locking you in just as good as it's locking everybody else out and if you can't get free and if you can't get out that door then you're stuck sometimes we make prisons of our own making because we lock the door Lock the door. 
Keep everybody out. I'm not opening up for nobody. I'm locking the door. Sometimes we even lock God out. Sometimes we even lock God out. And there we sit in our prison. Can't take another step. Everything's caving in. You can't get rest. You're stressed out. Things are going from bad to worse. Circumstances have closed you in. But what's beautiful is the picture that Jesus gives us in his inspired word. He could have come up and... I've seen that picture of him knocking on that door. and It's a beautiful picture. I like it. But the Bible says that there they were inside, locked in and locked out. It says, Jesus stood in their midst. He showed up. Thank you. When I can't figure out what to do, when I don't know the answer, when I don't know how to get in or get out, when I don't know to go left or go right, go up, go down, when I don't know what to do, no excuse because the Bible says Jesus shows up right in the midst of my self-made prison. Ooh, that ought to cause somebody to get a little excited. Somebody in here tonight is thinking, you mean after all these months of discouragement, all these months of defeat, all these months where I have felt so imprisoned that I'm going to get free tonight because he's just going to show up right there. I don't have to do a dance. I don't have to sing a song. I don't have to beg or plead. I don't have to do nothing. You mean he's just going to show up? I most certainly do. I mean it. That's what his word says, and his word is faithful and good and true. Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1 we can go to Luke and read the same scriptures when Jesus stood up in the temple, grabbed the books, and wanted to read the word. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the, oh, even as I say those words, I feel the Holy Spirit moving into someone's situation, appearing right in the middle of your defeat, in the middle of your discouragement tonight. The opening of the prison to those who are bound, whether it's from somebody outside or whether it's from you on the inside. He comes to set you free. Oh, but the thing is, you know, when they first saw him, and sometimes we're so locked in, when he does show up, we don't even recognize it. That's what they did, didn't they? It says that when he first appeared, they were just kind of startled. And suddenly he appeared. And there he is. And they don't know who he is. They don't know what to believe. Kind of shocked until... He looks at them and says, peace be still. Peace be with you. And then what did he do immediately? When he looked at him, he, he steps into the room. I wish I could almost do it like a superhero, just bam. <laughs> Josh, I'm like, 
I know he did it dramatically because the Lord loves me and he knows I like it like that. And so I know he didn't just go, no, I believe, I believe they were sitting down there in the room and the Lord went, whoa. And when he did, I believe he looked at me and said, hey, peace, calm down, settle down, boys, peace, it's me. And he goes, look, look. And immediately he wanted them. He wanted to confirm his identity. He said, look, look here, look here, look. And immediately it says, they were filled with joy. Somebody in the house tonight is going to get filled with joy. Just all of a sudden, God's going to show up, and you're going to feel it in your spirit, and God's going to rise up and give an answer for you tonight. You're going to leave out of here going, oh, there's joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart, down in my heart, oh, it is joy, 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 down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. Give the Lord praise tonight. He's coming to bring joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. He's coming to bring joy to your house. He's coming right through the locked door. Oh, you don't know, I've guarded myself. I am protecting myself. Those church people won't ever hurt me again. That preacher won't do it. That secretary won't do it. <laughs> that sound man won't do it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm guarding myself. And we all do it. There ain't a one of us ain't done it. Your pastor's done it. Well, I won't let that happen again. I won't shake their hand again. Not recently. <laughs> and he comes right in the middle of our lockdown. Can I say this? He comes right in the middle, Peggy, of our meltdown. He comes right in the middle of our frustration and our weariness and our exhaustion. He comes, Richard, right in the middle when we can't go another step. And he says, peace. Calm down. Keep calm and carry on. Because Jesus is in the house. I said, Jesus is in the house. Thank you, Lord. I've had to practice this in my own life this week. And I'm telling you, it worked. It worked. I left out of here Sunday night, and I was searching for ways to find my peace. I was reading the Word. I was praying. I was wanting to get answers for situations. And, you know, had, had I not already told you that I was kind of going through a, a, a rough place, I, I wouldn't be talking about all this. But I'm just as transparent as, as you'll ever get, I guess. I admit to you the struggles. I admit to you you know, I wasn't smoking and drinking and doing all that crazy stuff. But I was having a tough, tough time. A real tough time. And I couldn't get my, I couldn't talk myself out of it. I, the, the, the songs weren't working and the prayer time, it wasn't working. I, I was reading scripture and, and it, it wasn't working. But, and I was putting it all together. And then all of a sudden, what, what happened was I began to just think about who he was. 
and not so much about what I needed to do. Come on now. But what he had already done and what he wanted to do. And when I transferred all my good works over to the one who could do it, for it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. When I transferred all of that over to him, immediately, I'm telling you, suddenly he walked into my lockdown. Suddenly he walked into my meltdown. Suddenly he walked in to my exhaustion and my stress and my anxiety. My blood pressure was through the ceiling one minute. My anxiety was all the way to the ceiling. And I didn't know I was going to be able to take another step. When all of a sudden, suddenly he walked right in. And I looked at Richard. I looked at Cameron. I said, man, I don't even get it. All the, I just feel a sudden calm has come over my spirit a sudden calm has taken over I said nothing's changed I still feel I still got the same stuff to get through but all of a sudden out of nowhere I feel like going to lunch I feel like having a good time I feel like a joke anybody got a good joke I felt peace peace he spoke peace to my situation and to my meltdown and I'm telling you the pastor goes through it so that you'll know so that you'll experience it so that you can have it tonight before you even leave this building I believe it with all my heart he's speaking to our church he's speaking to those who are weary and frustrated and stressed out and filled with anxiety and he's saying to you you won't have to work for it you won't have to seek after it as a matter of fact I'll come right into the middle of your meltdown I'll show up and I'll speak peace just like he did that night when he was sleeping down on the bottom of the boat and the disciples were worrying themselves filled with anxiety I'm so glad I'm in good company you mean they do it too? You mean Paul and all them other disciples, Peter, James, John, they all got stressed out too? They went down, shook him. Jesus, don't you know we're going to perish? It's a tornado from Oklahoma out there. Don't you know the winds and the waves are torrential? They're horrible. They're, they're going to cause us to perish here out in the sea. God, don't you know? Don't you know I can't take anymore? Don't you know I'm wore out? Don't you know I can't take another step? Don't you know, God, my faith is gone? I can't pray a prayer? Don't you know, God? Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith and he got up and walked out to the bow of that boat and he spoke the same thing he said peace peace Whew, I feel the spirit of God when I say that peace receive it right now peace you're about to cry because you're feeling the Spirit of God stirring you up right now. Peace all over this. Oh, lift your hands with me. Hallelujah. Lord, we honor your presence here tonight. Peace. 
peace in the storm. Peace in the storm. Peace in the troubles. Peace, Lord, when I can't take another step. Peace when I don't understand. Peace when I'm confused. Peace when I feel defeated and I can't pray another prayer on my own. Peace. Lord, I give it to you tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your work in this place tonight. Help me, Gary. Oh, and Jesus, Lord, we come to you right now. I've got more, but God's doing something right here. Stand with me all over the house and keep your mind on the Lord. For I will come to you, says the Lord. I will dispel the darkness over your mind and over your spirit. I am here to encourage you. I am here to address your weakness and your confusion. I am the victor. I sympathize with your weakness. Am I not your high priest? I am here tonight to do a work of victory in you. You shall leave here on top of the wings of the morning. You shall rest and you will no longer be weary because I am your Savior. I come to rescue. I come to deliver. I come in love. I understand. I will take your anxiousness and I will bring deliverance tonight says the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You've been at the end. You have been walking a tightrope. You have felt like you're walking over a gorge and one wrong step and you're dead. You have felt like this is the worst you've ever experienced. The enemy has made it a blind fog. And you cannot see that the Lord is your gallant warrior. And he stands right before you tonight. The storm may be raging, but the Lord is on his duty. He's here tonight. Oh, he's here for you. Yes, he died and he got, he purchased salvation and he purchased joy and everlasting life for all the world. He did it for everyone. And you sometimes get that big old picture of everyone. You can't perceive that he'd have done it just for you. He knows right where you are tonight. You're on heaven's GPS. He's, oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, you're going to do it tonight. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that I have experienced this. I'm thankful for it, Lord, because now I can tell, I can share with them by assurance that, Lord, you come suddenly on the scene like you're going to do right here in this house, and you speak peace. Lord, we're going to trust you. We're going to let you be our rescuer. We're going to let you be our deliverance.
Oh, we come to you tonight. I want you right now, if you will, everyone under the sound of my voice, if you, have, if, you're, if you know what I'm talking about, and you are unashamed of who you've been locked in or locked out, don't matter, but you need God, you want Him to come suddenly, you're, you're hearing the Holy Spirit as He speaks to your own heart. Get out from where you are. Meet me in this altar as quick as you can. Don't wait on anybody else. You come. You come tonight. I know the Find you a spot somewhere and let him speak peace. I know him by name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know the peace speaker. He controls the wind and waves. When he says peace be still they have to obey oh Lord we trust you Jesus glad I know the peace speaker I want our prayer warriors if you will to get around and let's pray let's pray for folks anywhere you find them anybody you can agree with tonight let's pray I know the peace speaker, I know him by name, I know the peace speaker, he controls, he controls the winds and They have to obey. I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know him by name. Wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In
Yes, I know him by name. Now I can say, I'm glad I know the peace speaker. Yes, I know him by name. In the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Troubles vanish, hearts are dead in the presence. Troubles vanish. 
voices just for a minute and it's peace, peace, peace. sing it out God, praise God. Well, we're not going to disturb these that are praying. We're going to let them just carry on. I pray that this week you will walk in the calm, in the peace of God. Don't let your daily bread get stale. Get that daily bread. Amen. Get that daily bread every day. Let him fill you up. No more running on empty. Jackson Brown had a terrible song. Anybody old enough to know that song? That ministered to about half of you. No running on empty. Let's run on full. Matter of fact, I'm going to go by the gas station tonight and fill up. How many are with me? We're going to go fill up tonight. Amen. God bless you. Have a great weekend, Jesus. The church is not dismissed. The church is leaving the building. God bless you. If you ever needed the Lord before, you sure do need Him now. You sure do need Him now. You sure do need Him now, would now. If you ever needed the Lord before.